So we like doing multiple things at once. But have we ever questioned if it actually helps? This is where I think it gets interesting because there are so many things as a society that we do, but we don't actually question if they're serving us. And that's usually when the biggest change can happen individually and even as a society. So I guess a good question to ask is, if multitasking doesn't improve our performance, then why are we so obsessed with doing it? Many people want to navigate life with peace and joy, but struggle to connect to their intuition. They find themselves overwhelmed, burned out, and frustrated. My name is Francesca Phillips, and I'm obsessed with spirituality and psychology and how the two can intersect to help you live a successful and intuitive life. I believe each of us can accomplish amazing things through balance and healthy habits instead of burnout. Consider this your go-to resource for where spiritual wellness and mindful productivity meets practical wisdom. If you're craving positivity and want to know how to find the answers within, instead of searching endlessly without, then you're in the right place. Get ready to feel supported and inspired. This is the Good Space Podcast. You're listening to the Good Space Podcast, episode number 39, The Myth of Multitasking, Why It Doesn't Work. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, Jen M. Wen, and she says, I have always been interested in spirituality and manifestation, and I'm constantly learning new ways to apply it to my life through Francesca's podcast. Jen M1, I'm so glad you enjoy the podcast and that you invest in continual growth. We need more people like you. Thank you for being such a wonderful part of the Good Space community. If you want to be highlighted in an upcoming episode and help further the mission of the Good Space, make sure to subscribe and give us a review on Apple Podcasts so I can then highlight your review in an upcoming episode. It only takes a minute. You can pause the episode and come right back. Make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag us on your Instagram story at findyourgoodspace, hashtag thegoodspace, to let me know that you're joining in today, as you know that I love to share those screenshots on our stories too. Listen, I'm not afraid to be honest here. A lot of people struggle with feeling overwhelmed and burned out. The number one question I'm asked is, how do I know what to focus on? Or how can I simplify my life more and feel more peace? Look no further, my friend. In February, The Good Space is hosting an event with Dr. Amanda Tobe to help you create your own personal compass, which will make clear when to say no, what feels right to say yes to, and how to be truly intentional. This is such a gift, knowing what's worth saying no to and just simplifying the heck out of your life, knowing what's in alignment and going hard on the things that truly feel aligned to your soul. This will be a more personalized, community-based process that expands on what you'll learn in today's podcast episode. So if you find your head nodding yes and you're like, yes, I want to simplify, I want to clarify and move forward with intention and action and just faith, then click on the link in our show notes now to get the deets. All right, here we go. Warning. This episode is meant to convince you to throw out any mindset you have around productivity or multitasking that involves managing your time and getting as much done as possible. Listener discretion is advised. (laughs) Years ago, I used to think something was wrong with me because I couldn't stay focused. I'd pull out my laptop to write. Then an hour later, I'm reading about what Lindsay Lohan is up to and haven't written a word. Or I'll forget that I went into the kitchen for something But then a text came through and I just forgot what I needed to get. One time I even put my sweatpants on backwards and didn't notice until 6 p.m. at night. They have these big pockets on the butt. And even when they were in the front, 
and I was using them to hold stuff, I remained blissfully unaware. I have a picture somewhere. It's freaking hilarious. Like you would think because I had zero pockets in the front, but then these huge ones on the back, I would notice, but nope, not me. (laughs) For most people, these types of hilarious and puzzling moments aren't from a diagnosable condition. Mine might be, but that's not the point. It's because we get so deep into our thoughts while also trying to do another task that we get these brain blips. There actually is a physical phenomenon that happens when you switch tasks, and I'll dive more into the science of it later. But the point is multitasking doesn't allow you to fully use the power of your brain. My hope is you'll see the harm that multitasking causes and shift from the idea that you manage your time to owning your time. And there is a difference. Promise me that you'll be open to shifting that paradigm, okay? I want you to feel peace and live a life as simple and authentic as possible, and this is going to help you get closer to doing that. So what I see as the old definition of productivity is listening to a podcast while answering emails, talking on the phone while driving. It sounds nice to have multiple things happening at once, and we think we're being productive, but what happens when we're constantly not focused on one thing? On heartmath.com, they say, trying to keep pace with high-speed technology and communication multitasking, ever-exploding information, and the fear, anxiety, and anger in ourselves and others can propel our emotions into overload. Stress accumulates during the day, and we often take it to bed with us at night, tossing and turning or not sleeping at all. We already deal with processing our emotions and those of others. And when you throw in this insane pressure to always be doing something, it can make us short circuit more or less. Even as I was writing this podcast episode, I had an Instagram story streaming in the background, then took a quick break to order food in. Oh, and now I answered a message on Asana. Clearly, this is something I need to work on. So we like doing multiple things at once. But have we ever questioned if it actually helps? This is where I think it gets interesting because there are so many things as a society that we do, but we don't actually question if they're serving us. And that's usually when the biggest change can happen individually and even as a society. So I guess a good question to ask is if multitasking doesn't improve our performance, then why are we so obsessed with doing it? Rudy Vidal in Multitasking Doesn't Work says, multitasking makes us look and feel productive processing tasks and crossing things off our to-do list feels good. And most of us will choose feeling good over being efficient and effective in the long term. Being more selective about what we do, aka prioritizing, takes time and effort and the results aren't immediately visible. We don't want to be perceived as lazy or unproductive. Prioritizing is a risk. It means placing your bets on a few things and disregarding others for the time being. It feels safer to do a little bit of everything. End quote. There's a lot we could unpack from that quote, the ego being the common denominator. It wants to look good and feel good with the least amount of effort. Prioritizing does take more effort, and we've been indoctrinated into the always doing and being busy culture. Rudy Vidal says, multitasking can make all tasks seem equally important. It doesn't allow us to consider each deeply or assess their relative value. This can lead to simply reacting to an inbox of problems as they arrive instead of drilling down to their root causes and solving them. End quote. Is that the kind of life you want to live? Forever reacting to and managing outside demands and attention-seeking distractions that bring you nowhere closer to fulfilling your purpose? That's not freedom. Freedom means you own your time. You're deliberate and unafraid to choose a few things and disregard the rest. 
You trust your inner wisdom to guide you to pick the right priorities and stay open to changing as needed. That quote is so powerful and it says so much. Not everything is equally important. If everything was, then priority as a word wouldn't exist. And the ego and just multitasking in general, it doesn't allow us to deeply assess their relative value. And I think that's what a lot of our society is lacking is that ability to choose what's the best thing to be doing rather than good or better. So I've already shared some examples of external effects of multitasking, like you know, walking to the kitchen, forgetting what it is you went there for. So what happens underneath the hood, so to speak, under the brain when we're having those moments? Let's go back to the multitasking moments I shared in the beginning, where I opened my laptop to write something, then spiraled down a clickbait hole, or getting up to get a snack in the kitchen, then forgetting what I was doing because a text came through. And we won't add wearing sweatpants backwards because I'm not sure how common that is. If it is, please direct message me so we can laugh together. But regardless, these type of moments illustrate what Adam Gazali MD says about how even the simplest forms of multitasking can lead to glitches in the moment-to-moment processing of information known as working memory. So he's an associate professor of neurology, physiology, and psychiatry at the University of California, San Francisco. So essentially, what he's saying is multitasking takes up our working memory, also known as temporary brain storage. And when it's used up, we're unable to think as creatively. So something as simple as me getting a text message when I'm walking to the kitchen is enough for my working memory to be eliminated. And then I forget what I went in there for. So it doesn't take very much, it seems, to have that happen. Researchers at the University of Illinois, Chicago said too much focus make it hard to daydream and generate the spontaneous aha moments needed to solve a problem. And this may be why Einstein and other famous creatives found daily walks or playing music helpful in solving problems. When you let your mind relax, it naturally finds answers for you. Pretty neat, right? Guy Winch says that multitasking is really task switching. He says, moving back and forth between several tasks actually wastes productivity because your attention is expended on the act of switching gears. Plus, you never fully get in the zone for either activity. Nancy K. Napier, PhD, says that start-stop start process is rough on us. Rather than saving time, it costs time, even very small microseconds. It's less efficient. We make more mistakes, and over time, it can sap our energy, end quote. This type of task switching can also cause inattentional blindness, according to researchers in a 2009 study from Western Washington University. They said 75% of college students who walked across a campus square while talking on their cell phones didn't notice a clown riding a unicycle nearby. That even though the cell phone talkers were technically looking at their surroundings, none of it was actually registering in their brains. And pardon me, but when I read this, I was like, maybe they did notice, but were so embarrassed and weirded out that they pretended not to. Or how close were you listening to people talking on their cell phones? Because maybe they're talking on their cell phones, telling the person, dude, I'm seeing this crazy clown riding a unicycle nearby. Okay. Anyway, so you know what I mean? But I mean, I have faith that hopefully they tested for those variables, but either way, that's really interesting, right? A clown riding a unicycle and there's like no reaction to it. Anyway, let's move on to relationships. Split attention or multitasking also has negative effect on relationships. In a study conducted by researchers from the University of Essex, they say 
The mere presence of mobile phones inhibited the development of interpersonal closeness and trust and reduced the extent to which individuals felt empathy and understanding from their partners. Results from the second experiment indicated that these effects were most pronounced if individuals were discussing a personally meaningful topic, end quote. That's really powerful. People are actually losing the ability to develop closeness and trust just at the presence of of phones. And it breaks my heart because I thankfully was blessed enough to, to grow up in a world where we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have internet at our fingertips. I had dial up, you know, when I was a teenager, but by then I had grown up a lot, but so many kids are growing up immediately with phones and electronics. And it's like, knowing this fact, how do we instill that idea of not multitasking and solo tasking and just connecting? So that's a whole different thing, but just a seed I wanted to plant. And if you had any thoughts on that, message me on Instagram. I want to hear what you think. If you like the idea of having a plan and knowing how you'll get there, then there are a few things I want you to know about. The first step to creating a plan for yourself is doing the soul work. What is your soul yearning for? How do you want to feel? Is this a year of transformation and taking bold risks or a year about wanting to restore and feel contentment where you are? Maybe it's a year of unapologetically going after what your heart desires. The thing is, you get to choose. It takes connecting with your heart though to make that choice. So if you want to learn the principles for creating a soul plan for yourself, you need to join Dr. Amanda Tobe and I for a free webinar on February 16th or the 24th. You can sign up for whichever one works best for you. We'll be sharing with you our definitions about what it means to live intentionally and how we do it. We'll talk to you about how to set goals with soul and where to begin with creating a plan for yourself. The link is in the show notes, but you can also type in bit.ly slash intention TGS in your browser. Again, that's bit.ly slash intention TGS. A few other things that multitasking does is it lowers IQ, reduces the density of gray matter, reduces your ability to control your instincts and interpret your mood or personal relationships. And according to an article on Develop Good Habits, they said, simply sitting close to someone who is multitasking can reduce your own comprehension by up to 17%. This is due to the distraction that can be caused by seeing someone else's computer screen or actions, which leads your brain to have a need to interpret what you're seeing. Surprisingly, this takes even more effort than it takes to try to multitask yourself, end quote. So crazy, right? I know when my husband's sitting next to me and if his phone is on the couch and it lights up because a text message comes through, I automatically just out of habit turn, even though it's not my phone. And then I disrupt what I'm doing. And it's just like crazy that there's some science behind this. So are you convinced yet that multitasking needs to be kicked to the curb? I really hope so. I know I'm ready to kick it to the curb. So how can you start simplifying your brain and life? I'm going to share three easy and small ways to focus more. And if you can just commit to these three things, you can message me if you get stuck or you need clarification. I will help you, but just start with these three things and go from there. So the first thing is choose your one thing. Rudy Vidal says, rather than doing as much as possible, we need to choose the one thing that will contribute the most to today to accomplishing our goals. 
Gary Keller's book, The One Thing, so obsessed with it right now, is also a fantastic read on this concept. In it, Keller gives you a question to ask yourself anytime you're distracted or wondering what to do next. And that question is, what one thing can you do for your life, business, project, whatever the thing is that you need to do, that by doing it makes other things easier or unnecessary? You know, if for me, if it's for my business and I have a goal, let's say to make a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand. So the question I would ask anytime that I'm feeling distracted or stuck is, okay, Francesca, what's one thing you can do for your business that by doing it makes other things easier or unnecessary? And this may seem overwhelming. It was for me because, you know, I was so used to being in a certain flow of habits that even if I'm not being productive, it still feels easier to keep thinking about and doing things the same way than stopping and really asking if I'm going where I want to. But give yourself that gift today. Trust that your inner wisdom knows how to guide you. To figure out that one thing, it helps to know what you're aiming for. So in five years, how do you want to feel? What do you want your relationships and work life to look like? Who you are in five years isn't the same person listening to this recording. What do you feel will get you closer to catching up to her or him? For me, I envision a certain amount of money effortlessly coming in. I see the house the clothing, and everything feels bright. She's confident. She's content. She's sure. It feels aligned and effortless. And my picture has changed over time. We are human beings and our desires will evolve as we evolve. I can't assume to know what the person that I'm going to be five years from now wants, right? Because I'm going to be a different person. So I can't assume to know what she wants, but the me that I am right now knows what she wants. So you just go with it. You just embrace that and go with it. And if you can't picture things clearly, just focus on the feeling part. The key is getting really still within and becoming honest with yourself, honest about what you want and releasing any judgment from others or yourself, any guilt about what you should be doing. Just toss it out, toss it out the window. All you really need to take action is a feeling that resonates with you then start. Go. If you feel like, okay, five years from now, I see my my future self being really confident and happy. Great. What right now in this moment can contribute to that happiness and confidence? You know. And if it's one thing that I've learned owning two businesses is that my purpose reveals itself faster when I act, not when I overthink or stall because I need the perfect plan, software, or education. It's because of the judgments we attach to um, learning that we're afraid to try. So remove the judgment and now you're simply learning and gathering data. The second one is learn to meditate. When you learn how to separate yourself from your thoughts and emotions, it's easier to focus. Cynthia Kubu and Andre Machado said, those who are mindful are able to do more than just pay attention. They do so on purpose in the present moment and non-judgmentally. This is perhaps the most advanced form of attentiveness, and it can result in decision-making made in a stress-free and less reactive environment. Indeed, many therapies based on mindfulness assist patients suffering from depression, anxiety, chronic pain, substance abuse, ADHD, and other conditions. Oh yeah, being attentive results in having stress-free and less reactive environment when you're making decisions. Yes, please. And I can definitely attest to how powerful meditation is. I was not a fan and completely resisted it at first. But if you even just check out Headspace, 10 minutes is so easy. Like if you can't even dedicate 10 minutes for the next 30 days, 
I don't know, hopefully something else or someone else will convince you, but it's really a low barrier of entry. And even just 10 minutes every day makes such a difference. And you start learning how to have that attentiveness. I feel like there's no other way to learn it really. So go for it and try it out and let me know how it goes. So the third simple and easy way to focus more is to start batching your work. Game freaking changer. Guy Winch says, what tends to save the most time is to do things in batches. So pay your bills all at once then send your emails all at once. Each task requires a specific mindset. Once you get in a groove, you should stay there and finish. Two of my favorite ways to eliminate task switching is theming my days and having a done by 5 p.m. Friday list. So in that quote, he talks about paying your bills all at once and sending your emails all at once. So so a theme day is when each day is dedicated to a specific kind of work and you don't deviate from that day's work. So for example, my Fridays are called Freedom Fridays and those are the days that I spend doing admin work, paying bills, installing new software, anything that's related to making the life of freedom that I dream of possible. So all of my bills are on that day. All of my financial stuff is on that day. And then on Thursdays are my content writing days. So anything marketing or money or client related gets written down in my phone notes to remind me for later, or I schedule an appointment for another day, and then I get back to work. I don't switch my tasks. And the times that I have slipped and did, I start getting headaches. My shoulders hurt. I feel stressed. I feel overwhelmed. So I have seen a huge difference when you theme your days and you stick to the same tasks on those days. So that's awesome. And then every Monday, I decide three things that if I got them done by 5 p.m. Friday would get me closer to my one thing. So this helps realign me when I find myself, say, clicking a link about celebrities who lost their fame and are working nine to five jobs now. Yes, I did click that recently. Super interesting. (laughs) Um, But when I realize how distracted I am, I can look at my planner and see the three things that I committed to getting done by 5 p.m. on Friday. And now I know exactly what my mind is supposed to be focused on. If these kinds of tips really resonate with you, then you will love my productivity roadmap. I'm figuring out right now if it's going to be an ebook or a mini course, but essentially what you'll get is a roadmap that's workbook style that helps you set up productivity practices that flow with who you already are and gives you more peace. You'll learn the ins and outs of theme days, what I just talked about, getting that list done by 5 p.m. Friday. I'll walk you through everything else that I teach all of my private clients. And if you want to start owning your time and getting more with less effort, then get on the waiting list now. Let me know that you want it and you will be so thankful that you've learned all of these tools that I teach my private clients. I just, I see how much it changes their lives and I couldn't help but think, okay, this needs to be accessible to everyone. So the link for that is in the show notes, get on the waiting list and yeah, that's all I got for you. Now it's time for an affirmation. I intend to follow the path my soul leads me down and take aligned action with confidence and joy. I know that emotions are powerful and that I can live a life I truly love. If you found today's tips inspiring or thought-provoking, share it right now on social media and make sure to tag me at Francesca A. Phillips or at Find Your Good Space and also weigh in in the comment section at findyourgoodspace.com. You can find links in the show notes. 
And if you have a spiritual or mindfulness problem that you want me to unpack on an upcoming The Good Space episode or an awesome manifesting story you want to share, give my podcast phone line a ring right now at 917-719-0867. Also, don't forget to download my free morning routine guide. It's what helped me reduce my anxiety, increase productivity, and so much more. The link to everything I mentioned is in the show notes. See you soon.